Hello, and welcome to episode 7 of the Pharma Forum podcast. My name is Dominic Tyre, and I'm Pharma Forum's creative director. For this episode, I was joined by Philippe Picot, who is Senior Vice President for Research and Development in the Neuroscience Therapeutic Area at Ipsum. In this podcast, we covered neurotoxin research with a particular focus on botulinum neurotoxins, best known, of course, for their long-established aesthetic uses to treat wrinkles under brand names uh, Botox and Dysport, but increasingly being looked to for medical indications in muscle spasticity and migraine. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. So, Philippe, welcome to the Pharma Forum podcast. I wonder if we can start off perhaps by, uh, well, just if you can just give us a bit of a potted history about your, your um, professional background and how you arrived at your current role at Ipsum. So I've been working in the uh, pharmaceutical industry since more than uh, 25 years, and I have occupied uh, different positions in international project management, business development, in research and development, covering uh, different and diverse therapeutic areas such as oncology, anti-infectives, cardiovascular, and, and neurosciences. Uh, I've worked in different countries and uh, different companies. I started with uh, Ron Prancor, which became Aventus, uh, then Pierre Fab, and I'm in Ipsen since 2005. Um, I'm currently heading uh, the neuroscience therapeutic area uh, group, including uh, both research and development activities. And uh, in this field of protein uh, neurotoxins, I'm the co-author of uh, numerous articles and has overseen many key uh, R&D programs for D-Sport, which is our lead product uh, commercialized in more than 85 countries. Uh, and I'm based in uh, Ipsen R&D Center uh, in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts in the United States. Okay. And in, in, in terms of uh, the... Um the current landscape, I suppose, for the neurotoxin uh, research at the moment. Um, it, it's, it's a very busy field. Uh, how how has the, the field been advancing to, to date, would you say? Yeah, it's a field which is advancing, advancing at an unprecedented rate. Uh, we see more and more companies uh, developing a potassium toxin, but in general, uh, very similar to the product we have. Uh, we have a chance to have the technology of recombinant botulinum toxin, and we are developing some new toxins with very different pharmacodynamic profile in order to address uh, patient needs, both in aesthetic and in therapeutic. So uh, this is a very exciting time for, for us uh, in the field of uh, botulinum toxin. And in, in terms of uh, patient needs then, what, where, would you, where would you say the greatest patient need is within, within this particular field? So we have to remember that uh, botulinum toxins are being used outside of the uh, indications which are granted for more than 200 different conditions. Uh, so we inject the botulinum toxin in straight in muscle, in smooth muscle, in exocrine glands. So, you know, there are multiple different applications with the botulinum toxin. At this stage, uh, the botulinum toxin, which are commercialized, have a duration of efficacy of around three to six months, 
dependent on the product, dependent on the dose. Uh, what we are currently doing is develop a fast-acting recombinant toxin and some long-acting toxins in order to cover patient needs because, as you can imagine, uh, the patients do not want to be injected too frequently, so having a long-acting toxin will make a, a huge difference from the patient perspective. And in, in terms of the work you're doing there, is, is there a, a particular uh, frequency that, that, is, that hits a, a sweet spot for the, for the patients in terms of um, not being, having too regular um, in, injections? What, how, how, does that, how does that work? Yeah, we, we, with the long-acting toxin, we are targeting two, two injections per year. That would be our ideal target. And with the fast-acting toxin, it will allow to obtain a very rapid onset of efficacy. Then uh, we, you know, the patients will be injected with the standard of care or, or this port, for instance. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the idea that we have, and we are developing. We are currently in, uh, in development. Okay. And uh, in terms of um, Ipsen's uh, current work, of course, one of the, the products that you have in your, uh, your um, uh, pipeline that you're, you're working on is a, um, a, a recombinant um, botulinum uh, neuro, neurotoxin, uh, the serotype uh, E, I believe. Can, can you tell me a bit about that and what that's being uh, developed for? Yeah, so uh, we, we have uh, this uh, technology to, to produce the toxin using a recombinant technology. Uh, we have acquired a company some years ago, and uh, we have this uh, discovery platform which allows us to do so. With the botanic toxin E, which is a recombinant toxin, which is, a, which is the only one so far in development, uh, we have progressing pretty fast and pretty well, uh, and we, it has been a subject of a presentation to the uh, Toxin International Conference in Copenhagen, uh, which was held in January 2019. So this uh, botulinum toxin has some uh, pharmacodynamic characteristics which are very different uh, from the commercialized toxin. It has a very rapid and fast onset of action within a day as compared to generally four to seven days with the other toxins, a very quick time to maximal effect, a greater peak effect around one week, and a short duration of action of around two to four weeks according to the dose that we inject. And as, as I understand it, you're, you're hopeful that um, it will have a, um, a number of both um, aesthetic and therapeutic uses. Can you tell me a bit about, about those? What, what, uh, what sort of uses would you en envisage for this, this particular product? In therapeutic, as you know, uh, with uh, current uh, disport and botulinum toxin, we are injecting this product in patients, for instance, uh, who have spasticity after a stroke, traumatic brain injury, or multiple sclerosis, uh, in order uh, for uh, improving their function, being their upper arm or in the lower extremity. Uh, in general, the onset is around a week or so. Uh, with the fast-acting toxin, we expect that to be within a day. So if I give you an image of a patient after a stroke who has a clenched fist and who has some hygiene maceration prime in, in the palm, we could try to open the end within a day, which would be a remarkable advantage uh, for the patient. Absolutely. So and in terms of uh, this, the, this 
particular product, it was um, you, you, you've been applying uh, recombinant techniques to create the, the, this sort of um, novel uh, toxin-based medicine. Why would what 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 are the benefits from from applying recombinant uh, techniques to to create um, such sort of, uh, novel uh, botulinum toxin-based medicines? So the current botulinum toxin are produced by bacteria, Clostridium botulinum, as you know, uh, in in many proteins uh, since several years are produced using a recombinant technology. So this is a technology we wanted to have access to here to produce uh, a botulinum toxin, which is uh, which would be definitely better characterized than the than the other ones, and uh, would have. Uh, uh, the possibility to better control the amount of toxin that we give to, to our patients. And um, a couple of questions to, to sum up then. When you look to the future, where, where would you say, where do you think neurotoxin research is, is, is heading? So when we, uh, you know, envision the future for both neurotoxin, as I mentioned previously, uh, we are very focused on on two new different types of toxin, the recombinant botulinum toxin E and the recombinant and modified botulinum toxin A, uh, which uh, will be a long-acting toxin. Mm -hmm. And we are also working in a new, brand new botulinum toxin intervening on the light and eye chain of the botulinum toxin to drastically modify the pharmacodynamic profile and, for instance, uh, not necessarily targeting the neurons. So we have this capability, it is early research, but we think that there is a bright future for, for this type of modified botulinum toxin to address uh, different patient needs. Okay. And, uh, and any last thoughts in, in terms of um, uh, where, we, where you would see um, Ipsum uh, developing its own uh, sort of neurotoxin um, work? What, what, what would you like to see? see it um, do in terms of making a difference maybe to, to, to medical science or what it could bring to the marketplace? So in terms of uh, medical and different conditions, uh, we, we have launched uh, recently some new indications with our uh, D-sport, botulinum toxin A. We have these new toxins, recombinant, uh, the E-toxin and the modified recombinant toxin, uh, which should reach a market in the few years to come. And we have these uh, Brand, brand new toxin also we are working on. So, you know, we have a lot of biological products uh, which could allow us to become the leader in this field of botulinum neurotoxin uh, in medical and, of course, on the market. Okay, well, it certainly sounds like it's an exciting time both for, you, for your company and for uh, research into neurotoxins. Well, Philippe Picot, thank you very much for, for joining the Pharma Forum podcast. Thank you very much. And that's it for this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast and my chat with Ibsen's Philippe Picot on neurotoxin research and his company's work in this area. You can find more details of this episode, including a download link for the podcast and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes, where you can find and subscribe to it by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website to sign up for daily or weekly email, pharmaceutical news and analysis bulletins, and follow us on Twitter, where we are at PharmaForum. And I'll see you next time.